Welcome to the Taking the Leap podcast, where you can learn how to launch your full-time career in this part-time gig economy. No matter what career you're in, you have the potential to be the best version of you and overcome whatever obstacles stand in your way. And now, here's your host, the CEO of Bonvera, Bob Dickey. Welcome back to the Leap Podcast. I'm your host, Bob Dickey, and I'm really excited to have one of my good friends dialing in from the outskirts of Atlanta, Georgia uh, this afternoon. Mark Sullivan has a quite the interesting background. I'm going to read you a little bit of his bio, and then I can't wait to dive into some of these questions that we have for him. But Mark Sullivan is the founder and creative director of Lime Biscuit Creative, and we're going to talk a little bit about that here in a second because that's quite the interesting name. He is the leader of one of the Atlanta area's fastest growing branding and design agencies. Currently, Mark also serves as a lieutenant with the Douglas County Fire Department, where he's been serving over 20 plus years. And I think there's going to be some interesting conversations we can have on the the COVID epidemic that we have and what he's seeing down there in the Atlanta area. Uh, Mark is also the co-owner of Toxic Suppression, a company that specializes in post-fire decontamination for firefighters. And that's another interesting story. As you can tell, Mark is not only serving in the Atlanta area and the community, but is also a very prolific entrepreneur. So on top of all of this, Mark has also served as the host and the MC for the Love Worth Fighting for Marriage Tour with actor Kirk Cameron and Warren Barfield. That's actually where I got to know Mark over the last number of years and get to spend a lot of time with him on a tour bus as we were traveling around the country. That was a lot of fun. Mark has also worked with talent from the History Channel, A&E and other major television networks. When he's not working, as you can tell, is very rare. Mark loves to attend concerts and sporting events. He's been married to the beautiful and talented Sherry for 22 years, and they have two children, Zach and Mia. It's easy to see why his co-workers have pinned him to be the pyromaniac of creativity. Give me a little bit of insight on that. This is the first time I'd ever heard that you were called the pyromaniac of creativity, but I can kind of see where they're putting a couple of things together. Mark, it's great to have you in the red chair today and uh, spend some time with us. Oh, thank you, Bob. I really do appreciate it, man. It's an honor and uh, glad I could join you today. But the, uh, the pyromaniac thing obviously came from, you know, with the fire service and I've been doing that for 22 years now. And we started helping other fire-owned businesses. I just kind of took a passion trying to help out other firefighters because none of us make enough money to survive off of, so we're all looking for secondary incomes of that nature. So we started trying to help them out. And as we started growing those businesses and helping them, one of our coworkers here and our designers, she's just like, you're just a pyromaniac at heart. And I said, yeah, I guess that's true. It just depends on what we're burning. <laughs> so uh, she said, well, pyromaniac of creativity, if nothing else. And I said, well, I'll take that. It's actually got a pretty cool sound to it. So that's what we've actually kind of stuck with them on business cards and everything here lately is pyromaniac of creativity. So we try to take anything creative for clients and then burn it up for them and, and just make it light up the sky for them. Well, I'll tell you what, in terms of the interesting job title, all right, that's the first time I've ever heard that as a job title, but you also have some interesting names of your business. And I got to know you as the creative director of Lime Biscuit a number of years ago. And as you and I were on a, uh, a tour together with Kirk Cameron and Warren Barfield, but tell us a little bit about how you come up with these crazy and unique and also memorable names like Lime Biscuit. And I believe you've started a new podcast called The 1519. So share us a little insight on that. Well, 
the lime biscuit was pretty much just just came out of nowhere. Everybody asked me the reason for it and the process behind it. And the main part behind it was I had read an article in Inc. Magazine, and they had covered, I think it was the 50 fastest growing companies that were grossing over a million dollars a year in the first year. And I said, well, that's something maybe we can actually, you know, use to help ourselves out. Normally, it's these $50 million, $5 billion companies that we have no assets like they do. So I took an interest in this article, started reading it, and a lot of the companies had just the absolute craziest names. And one of them that was in that article was one of the first years of GoDaddy's existence. And now GoDaddy, obviously, one of the biggest internet servers in the world, if not the biggest domain host, email host, and I noticed a lot of others that were on there and started researching why is it that people are coming up with these crazy off-the-wall names. And pretty much the main part I could find was that now people have a computer in their pocket or in their purse with them at all times. And they kind of want to be challenged to figure out what you do, what kind of services you offer. And especially with the millennial generation, they enjoy that kind of, you know, going out and seeing who you are and what you do and connecting with your personality versus connecting with bright, shiny sign they actually want to connect to who you are and so we know we wanted something different and it's obvious people listening can tell i'm not from new york city so in georgia you know biscuits is a go-to all the time (laughs) and so it does cause some people to be turned away from us because they want that very professional clean cut marketing agency that you imagine in a high-rise in atlanta but that's not who we are. We're very down to earth and we like to be approachable and for small mom and pop shops to feel like they can come to us and get the same advice they would get in that high rise. And so that's why we went with Lime Biscuit and it has been crazy how it's resounded for us across the United States just with companies who hear our name and they never forget who we are. What really does resonate, I remember when you sent me an email the very first time, you know, like, hey, my company's name is Lime Biscuit instantly caused me to be like, okay, I need to know the story why behind this, you know, what's going on. That was pretty cool. So, Mark, you are an entrepreneur at heart. You know, people, if you take a look at your resume, would kind of be able to very quickly understand that you're a serial entrepreneur, right? You've started multiple projects. You've been involved in a whole slew of different things. My understanding is that from spending time with you, you're also very much self-taught. You are a self-taught entrepreneur and you've got a lot of experience. And it's interesting that in one of the businesses that you founded, that you've specifically gone out to serve and support startup companies and small businesses and entrepreneurs. You're not trying to, I know you do work with really, really big clients, but you're very strategic in who you're trying to serve in the marketplace. And I'm curious if you've got a heart for them because that's where you got your start. Uh, I really do. It is uh, Albert Einstein, one of my favorite quotes is his. He said, education is what remains after you've forgotten what you learned in school. And I always love that because I got out of high school and I knew I didn't want to go to college. I always knew I wanted to be a firefighter. That's what I was going to do. And so I didn't want to tag on the debt of college to go be a firefighter. And that's not necessarily what I had to do. Mm-hmm. But as I got into the fire service and you start to realize my body's not going to take this for 40 years and 
I don't want to be one of these statistics that retires and passes away six months later. I want to be able to have fun with my family and retire young. And that was going to require something different. And so I always had a passion for creative design and a passion for like Facebook marketing and social media marketing. It just was one of those things I always just loved to read about. And I just decided I'm going to learn this however I have to. And I'm going to start applying this stuff to our own daily life and trying to build something so that I can retire when I'm 52 years old. That was the big goal to get into it. And so I took that and just ran with it. And I watched no telling how many thousands of hours of YouTube videos. I've read no telling how many blogs and listened to podcasts. And I just constantly soak up stuff that, you know, 20 years ago, I never would imagine I would be doing, but I actually just realized that I love to do it. And I know there are a lot of people out here that they have that same vision. They have that same goal. And unlike 25, 30 years ago, now you don't have to amass this huge debt in college to create a successful business. And especially with our online presence, now you can be across the world the next day when you launch a website. So we kind of focused on those people who that was their passion was to they want to build something they want to create something better than an average business but at the same time they don't have time to work on every facet of that business they need somebody to kind of walk along beside them and so that's what we've done and even though we've been blessed with some really big companies that we've been working with that it is still our passion for those smaller ones to be able to walk side by side with them see them grow see their gross margins and stuff going up and know that we're a part of that It's one of the things that I really appreciate about you because I know that since you've walked in the shoes of those startup companies and those entrepreneurs, you know what it's like. There's a lot of agencies out there that hire the latest graduates from the best colleges and so forth. And you end up having a bunch of people that are serving startup companies and entrepreneurs who have never actually been one. And they don't know what it's like to manage the budget and to be worried about the P&L and making payroll and all the various stresses that they're great at giving advice but have never having walked in that entrepreneur's shoes. And as I've participated in conferences with you as you're serving businesses in the community there in Georgia, and I've watched how you serve your clients, and Onvera is one of them. You've done a great job working with us, and we really appreciate your service and support. I intuitively get that you understand the entrepreneurial journey, and you have insight that a lot of other people don't have. And so I really appreciate how you approach your work for your clients. I think speaks volumes for you i just want to say thank you oh thanks i appreciate that that's that's what we definitely set out to do so it's always great when when somebody outside of our little circle here sees that well it sounds like you got started in your entrepreneurial journey well before it was kind of the rage to have multiple incomes right like so right now if you pick up the wall street journal the new york times major publications on a daily basis you can find an article where somebody is talking about the gig economy or the freelancer economy or the sharing economy and how it is very much in vogue for young people and and most people with in society today to have a side hustle or side gig or to be participating in one of these new economies that recently they've been talking about how the sharing economy is really going to be affected coming out of this COVID-19 crisis. But you got started doing this before it was actually very fashionable. And so I'm, I'm curious to hear your insight on what it was like getting started back in the day and what you see currently today with this new gig economy, freelancer economy getting started around us. What advice would you give or what have you learned on your journey? Well, I definitely started, I think, before it was 
you know, a thing of in vogue, so to speak, as you said. I did it out of total necessity coming out. If you, and like I said before, if you know a firefighter, you know we don't make a ton of money. It's not something you just sit back and relax on your days off. It's a, it's a, a passion that you have. You feel the need to serve, and because of that, I agreed to, to take on another role to make that side income. And it was a little bit more difficult then because that was when the internet was just kind of getting started up where it was common for everybody to have it. It had been around for a while, but it was just getting to the point to where most people knew what AOL was and most mm-hmm. people had some kind of internet service, even if it was dial-up service, which cracks me up how many kids now have no clue how painful <laughs> it was living through dial-up service. So it was a little bit harder to work to get your name out there and there weren't analytics coming out to show you who's going to your website on what day and there weren't these website building helpers that could help most people who don't know how to build a website actually build a website and so you had to do all of this from scratch and you had to learn how to build your website by actually coding your website and it was extremely extremely time consuming where now that time is really minimized which maximizes your time to network and to market yourself and to go visit clients and see customers and so the big shift i've seen in it was how much time it's freed us up to do that to where I was just absorbed with punching in numbers and letters on a computer to create things and spending hours on the end trying to figure out why people are doing business with us. Now all that's at a click of your finger with Google Analytics and things like that. And so it's really opened up the door for us to be able to get out of our office, go network with people, go do business conferences, expos, and and to meet new potential clients. And I think that with the sharing economy and stuff, it's really helped with that because it enables you to do that face-to-face with people and build that relationship with them and acquire those new clients and, and be able to share access to these goods and these services and stuff a whole lot different than we used to do, you know, 20 years ago. So I really feel like being able to grow up through that process has really enriched my life in some ways. But now I look back and I'm like, man, if I was 25 years old now I wanted to start a business, how different would that mm. look uh, versus, you know, when I was starting one 25 years ago? Well, you're obviously very passionate about branding and personal branding, and I'd love to hear your insights on how has the importance of that changed over the 25 years? Is it more important now than ever or less important? You know, what's the difference between personal branding and business branding, and how important is it in this new economy? I think it's of the utmost importance. I think we have people come in here a lot and, and they tell us, oh, I've been doing decent in my business, but I just want to go to the next level. And I'm like, you know, what have you done to increase your brand awareness in the public? And, you know, where have you been to kind of spread the word about who you are? And a lot of them are using very outdated models, very outdated looks, and it just, it's hurting them in so many ways that they don't know. But with that, your brand now being visible, like I said earlier, across the world instantly, people judge you almost at the click of a button whether or not they want to do business with you or not and the last statistic i read said that the average person will jump on your website and within three to five seconds they will digest from your website who you are what your brand is what your vibe is and they will close out your website or decide they want to do business with you in less than five seconds 
and they said that that is crucial now to engaging them and actually finishing up a job with them and collecting the money from them. It, it all starts with what they see as soon as they see your online presence, if they see your sign out in front of your business, where when my grandfather started his electrical business, you know, it was Yellow Pages ad. That's all there was. You just bought an ad in the Yellow Pages everybody's ad looked just alike and everybody was okay with that but now that we have this online presence depending on what type of work you do you have competition across the world where used to your competition was only 40 square miles from where your office was mm-hmm. and so i think because of that it's more important than ever to make sure that that brand looks good it has the vibe that connects to the type of client you want because you're actually one of the people that taught me doing business with everybody is not your goal it that's your goal it's too big you got to fine-tune who it is that your audience is and Mm -hmm. your brand needs to attract that audience i feel like if people aren't taking the time to invest in that right now they're definitely hurting themselves in ways that they don't even see you know they're not even getting phone calls that they don't realize they missed out on people going on their web page and completely dismiss them before they even make a decision and they never even know that they lost that job mm-hmm. and i think that's the challenge you face now in your brand and the personal branding side that in itself is it's always been difficult because i just in the last few years have started doing what i would consider personally branding myself with this new podcast we have coming out i've been doing a lot more public speaking for fire conferences and stuff like that and you walk a fine line between sounding like an egomaniac mm-hmm. and making yourself sound qualified to help people and that's the struggle i think that everybody seems to face in that personal branding dilemma that's interesting i want to be selfish here just for a second and ask a loaded question specifically for the audience the bonvera audience right so you know our business and we have tens of thousands of entrepreneurs that we serve all over the country and so for that entrepreneur who is partnered with bonvera and we're doing all kind of like the back end and all the heavy lifting but they're still engaging in the marketplace building their business building their personal brands what are some of the things that they can do as an entrepreneur to build that personal brand and build the market awareness where they're serving within their communities? What are some tips and maybe tricks of the trade that you would offer to them? Well, I will commend you first of all on the, on the Bonvera entrepreneurship and the way it's set up. It's, it's unlike pretty much anything I've seen where for just a few hundred dollars, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like less than a few hundred dollars. They literally can start their own business, have access to just massive amount of product and not just product, but Bonvera is taking the time to make sure it is top of the line product that they get their hands on and they get to the consumer. And so that everything that has that name on it, whether it's the vitamins, the brand new soap that Bonvera just released, which is amazing, by the way, any of that kind of stuff is top notch when they get their hands on it. So the best thing for those entrepreneurs is already knowing that because of that leadership that they're getting a product that they can hand to a consumer that is the top of the charts. They're not going to have to worry about quality. They're not going to have to worry about consistency. It's all coming from a certain place where you guys know it. You know what kind of quality assurance goes into that product. So their first hurdle, which is always the quality, is taken care of there in, in that office by all of you guys. And I commend you. I've seen it behind closed doors and I've seen it in front of the crowds, you know, at the training events. And, and I think it's important to know it's, it's the same thing is spoken behind the doors is spoken in front of those crowds and so for them that is that's the biggest thing that 
that they can stand on is using that to know that you guys are out there doing a lot of that work for them. That man, if they were out there for themselves, this would consume thousands of hours a year mm-hmm. to try to, to line up with these vendors, to try to assure that the product is good. And you don't have anybody behind you. If something, you know, you need advice or you need anything like that. But for these individual entrepreneurs, and I love that that's what you guys call them because that's truly what they are their community area that they're in right now i feel like is where they can impact more than anywhere and for us if you're an individual or a couple or somebody like that you're trying to build a brand of yourself around that bond bear so that people see you as an extension of that Bon Vera brand, the best thing you can do is, is utilize a lot of the marketing and print materials that Bon Vera makes available to them to make sure that it's consistent, that it looks good, that it's the same colors, the same fonts, everything is the same across the board. So there's no confusion with their consumer, their end client on who they're dealing with or who they're talking to. And then the biggest thing you can do is for the least amount of money, and I say this because this is how we started with Lime and it's work, but it did work for us. So it's, it's not an easy trail, but it does work. We would find every single school event. We would find every single civic event and we would find any kind of community fair, anything like that, that we could get our faces into. And we would buy a 10 by 10 spot at one of these things. And we would set up and smile and greet people. And 99 people out of 100, it did not matter. They didn't need our services. They didn't need what we wanted. But that one person that did always made it worthwhile. Always. Mm. And I feel like it's inexpensive to get involved at that level. It's inexpensive to have the materials to hand out. And you need to be your sales force and you need to be putting your face out there because Bonvera does a great job putting that Bonvera name and that brand out but at that entrepreneur level they need to have their face out there in the community they need to be getting seen and you need to be getting people who use the products that are there that can give a testimony to somebody about how this product helped them or how this product changed their lives or you know and then that kind of reassures that person you know that they're in the right place and the legitimacy of what's going on because that seems to be where the this is taken off is at that that grassroots mm-hmm. level and the best part about it is that's where it's the cheapest you know i would grasp that and run with it spring and fall i'd be burning up the roads to every festival and fair i could find very insightful and uh, appreciate the the kind words earlier on the the work that we're doing serving our entrepreneurs. I'd, it's been a joy. Really enjoyed partnering with companies like yourself and others as we have been building this network and trying to bring all the resources to bear for our entrepreneurs. We'll get into probably a little bit of the COVID issues that we're facing in our country right now. But I remember one of the very first decisions that I had when I came on board. There was a, a number of folks who were wanting to explore having some of our key products made in India and China. And I was like, hey, we can get a, you know, a few more points on margin. We can get it a little bit cheaper. And I was like, absolutely not. We're going to produce everything here within the United States. We're going to make sure that those supply chains are short and they're like here as much as possible. That's been a game changer for us during this time frame. You know, whereas a, a lot of, you know, people that I know are struggling
traveling, trying to get stuff out of China. Uh, you know, we've still had some uh, choke points here and there, but I'm very proud that we're able to tour the manufacturing facilities here within the United States. We know exactly what's going on. We're able to work with them and we're trying to do everything we possibly can to build a really strong network and company for our entrepreneurs. Yeah, I think you guys have done a great job of that, man, especially in a short period of time, and it really does show. Well, Mark, I know that you are very well-read in these areas. What books maybe you would recommend to an entrepreneur who's getting started and wants to learn a little more about personal branding? What are some of your favorites? Finishing up right now, Grit by Angela Duckworth. It's been on my to-read list for a while. That's been a really good one, and I'm about halfway in, and so I'm really looking forward to finishing that one up. It's been pretty inspiring already from the get-go. And then one of my favorites still is The Power of Habit, because I have extreme ADD. It's one of the things that kind of led me to know I wasn't going to be going to college. I struggled just to graduate high school. And so that book actually helped me as far as learning some habits to get work done, how to produce profitable jobs and stuff like that. Even though it doesn't necessarily go into the entrepreneur part of it, it gives you a lot of that structure that you're going to need as far as responsibilities and how to form healthy habits and things like that. And so any of those, and then one of my favorite authors is John Acuff, so pretty much anything John Acuff writes is good. I just finished his book called Finish, and that's another good one that's written that it talks about the process of how easy it is to get started on something. But, you know, for this one, it's more about, okay, how do we finish something up now and finish it up the right way? Well, I tell you what, the book Grit by Angela Duckworth, I would echo those sentiments. It's been one of my all-time favorites. I'm having some of my kids read it. I have uh, The Power of Habit. I've read that one, actually. I know John Acuff. He's a phenomenal author, but I have not read that one. So thank you for the recommendation. I'm going to have that on my list. John's a good guy. He's Atlanta now moved to Nashville guy, but has a lot of the same similarities I do with you know, ADD and stuff like that. So he gives some really good insights in his book that are really easy for people to understand and put into use in their own business every day. Oh, that's great. I can't wait to pick it up. What about podcasts? I know you are starting your own, so I want you to tell us a little bit about the 1519. Interesting name, and I want to learn a little more about that and then any other podcasts that you may be listening to that are helping you as you build and grow your business. Oh, great, man. The 
and uh, he knew if they had that route to go back that a lot of them were going to turn around and go back where they came from so he sank them all except for one and this is funny to me because even to this day i seem like this is true but he kept one ship to send back what they call the royal fifth which is the king of Spain, he got to claim 20% of the treasures. So now I call that the IRS ship. So you got to have the IRS ship and send them back there. So we developed this idea of entrepreneurs and, and the term that we're using is find your torch. And you have to light your ship with something. And obviously you got to have a torch to light the ship. But what is your torch? Is that an expert in finance? Are you an expert in networking? Do you have a passion to help the needy? Do you have a passion for nonprofits? Are you a great graphic designer? You know, what is your passion? What's your gift? And how to discover that and use that as your torch to light this ship and burn it down and get it out of your way and just light your path to success. And so we're hoping to have some really good people on to interview. It's really going to be more like a conversation thing. And we're just really hoping that, you know, in the end, some people can take some good information from it and they can learn. But we're really excited about it. It's probably the thing I've been the most excited about in quite some time. I can't wait. I mean, you've got me excited listening to this story and lighting your torch. And I've seen some of the business conferences that you put on. So I know you're going to bring in some really good guests. And I can't wait to listen to this. I'm sure our entrepreneurs are going to enjoy the content as well. I love how you are starting with finding your passion, finding that thing that motivates you and using that as the the thing that facilitates lighting the way. It's brilliant. I think it's going to be very successful. Thanks so much, man. I, I love it. The Ferdinand folks said that the most powerful weapon on earth is a human soul on fire. That's kind of what we believe that these people we've worked with in the last five or six years here at Lyme is that, you know, when we see what their passion is and they come in, it's a whole different outcome for those people who just see a profit in the end. Mm-hmm. And it's just been really cool to see the difference in those people. And that's kind of what's inspired this and where it's come from and been taken root in. So we're really excited about it. What are some other podcasts that you're listening to that inspire you and and feed you on your entrepreneurial journey story brand by donald miller absolutely my favorite one i listen to that one every single monday when he releases it if anybody's not familiar with donald and the story brand he had the book blue like jazz which is kind of what i think kind of set him out in the public where people knew who he was and he's developed this i think it's a seven-part process where you create a story and you're the guide to your consumer so you're not really selling them you're kind of walking them through a story it's really helped us tremendously here when we talk with our clients so we definitely don't miss that one we catch that one uh, every single week when it comes out and as a team we sit and listen to them and then obviously i'm a christ follower and, and i feel like that has to feed into everything we do and so uh, southeast christian church releases a podcast kyle eidelman is their senior pastor he's also an incredible author i listen to that one every single week to just kind of refuel on that spiritual level and you know the things that you're facing the frustrations you're facing so those are my two you know my go-tos every single week i don't miss those well i absolutely love donald miller and the story brand i I actually went to one of his seminars in nashville tennessee with some staff 
staff members from Crown a number of years ago, and it was a game changer for us as we analyzed our business and how we wanted to be able to reach new audiences. And I actually have his one-page brand script on my desk. I reference it regularly, but for those listeners, if you've never experienced Donald Miller, don't know about him, especially entrepreneurs, the advice that Mark has just given, it's absolute gold. And so Donald Miller teaches about, you got to understand who your character is, right? And then there's a problem that they face, sometimes an external or an internal problem or a philosophical problem. And then there's a guide that has to have empathy and authority that takes them through and gives them a plan then gives them a call to action. And you need to understand what is success and what is failure at the end of this journey. And it's really interesting how he highlights, Mark, how almost every single Hollywood blockbuster film, the storyline, the story arc follows the exact same patterns, whether you're Indiana Jones, Star Wars, Breakfast Club, you name it, right? Comedy, drama, action, it all has a similar, once you understand it, one of my things I found that was so interesting, he said, once you know this and you've studied it, he goes, I can't watch a movie anymore because I know within five minutes, I know what's going to happen, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, don't run it for me. Yeah, that is why I hate watching movies with him now. <laughs> it really is a game changer. So for those of you who have not read anything about Donald Miller, done anything with StoryBrand, I highly recommend it. And I would highly recommend making sure that you bookmark and go out there and, and follow the 1519, because I think this podcast that Mark's putting together is going to be a game changer as well. I know, Mark, the person that you are, the quality individual, not only are you passionate about serving in your community, which you've done as a firefighter, on the front lines, leading from the front, boots on the ground in your community, but also serving as an entrepreneur, multiple entrepreneurial pursuits, and then serving and supporting other entrepreneurs as they're getting started. So to certainly take my hat off to you for all the various things that you're doing. You know, before we close, I would like to get a little bit of insight since we've got somewhat of an expert with us right now. Georgia has been hit pretty hard with the coronavirus and COVID-19, and we're tracking things in the news all the time. And of course, the governor of Georgia has been making national headlines and various things that they've been doing, whether they're going to open or reopen the, the state of Georgia. Your front lines, do you have any insight, anything? Uh, what are your personal opinions on the situation? And do you have any words of advice for listeners who might be listening today? I have been pretty involved in reading anything we get as far as the research in it, what new information comes out on the medical side of it, what's coming out from the public safety side of it. And I do believe that COVID is a horrible thing. It has killed way too many people and uh, it has definitely caused us to rethink how we do a lot of things in America, not just America, but across the world. But for us, on the front lines with the fire service, our fire department actually runs ambulances too. So I have an ambulance in my station and then we have the fire truck. And so if we go out on a call and we approach them, we're fully decked out, you know, looking like we're ready for a hazmat situation before we can talk to them, before we can transport them. And then we have to put masks on them before we transport them and stuff like that. It's been a ton of precautions that are taken. And I believe in those precautions. But at the same time, I supported Kemp's decision to open the state up. And the only reason being, I actually did a small video about this on my Facebook page. It ended up getting shared. I don't know how many times, almost 30,000 people ended up seeing this little video I did sitting in my car outside my office about, you know, you may not understand it. 
but I have a really good friend who is very close friends with Governor Kemp, and I don't know him personally. I've never met him, but he said, I can assure you this was not a decision made lightly. And uh, he sees the ramifications. Kemp owned several businesses, and he understood the economic impact that was coming behind this that a lot of people didn't see. But even though there's not a dollar value you can attach to a life, I think we can all agree on that. We were getting ready to see an impact like probably has not been seen since the Great Depression if he didn't turn some things around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so far, knock on wood, we've had a downslide in our results. The first week after we opened back up, there was a thousand new cases and people lost their minds. But people don't realize those cases were tests from weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We're not getting these tests back in two days. But since then, it's been a gradual decline. But business-wise, being an entrepreneur, you have a whole different outlook on this than just the medical part. And uh, you know up there how many lives are impacted by your decisions and you don't take that lightly. I think our governor understood that. And as an entrepreneur himself, I think he knew what we were up against. And I mean, I really, I tell everybody, my parents included, you know, they're older and I'm like, I don't want you getting out. I don't want you to take a chance. But, you know, for us, I'm like, keep your hands washed and keep stuff in your house wiped down and take your shoes off before you come in the house. A lot of things we should all be doing anyway. We Mm -hmm. just need to be more vigilant about it. You know, hopefully this spike in the fall they're talking about, you know, hopefully it just doesn't show up and everybody continues to do well. Well, from your lips to God's ears, let's certainly pray for that. What are you seeing in terms of trends during this time? It seems to me that virtually every aspect of American life is changing, whether it's small incremental changes, some there's been radical changes. I'm curious your insight on any trends or changes that you're seeing that might be interesting or applicable to entrepreneurs that are listening today. I'm really interested, and this is what I've been watching from the beginning. I'm really interested to see how many of these companies switch to working from home as their go-to. And I think a lot of them are going to see that their employees are more productive at home. It saves them a lot of money from not having to have these offices. And I think it was Nationwide Insurance that's already announced it's like 5,000 of their people aren't coming back to offices, and they're thinking that could be as many as 20. And then it was uh, Twitter announced that they're not requiring any of their employees that can work remotely. And I think we're going to see a huge shift in that aspect of it. But we've seen a huge shift as far as people holding on to their money and not letting go of their money. And I'm really blessed. I've got an absolute incredible team of people here with me on my lead designer, Liza is absolutely one of the most talented people I've ever met. And my wife, Sherry, obviously, they're in this for the long haul. So we have fought through this together and just trying to find new revenue streams to, to keep the bills paid while everybody's holding on to their money. It was funny because when I first met you, you mentioned, you know, on the tour bus, We I still remember this this day, we were sitting on the tour bus in the back lounge one night. I believe we were in the Indiana leg of the tour. I believe that's where it was. You told me, you said, there will come a time when this economy can't sustain something's going to happen to slow this economy down. It's going to have to at some point in time. And you said when that happens, you have to be ready to push forward when everybody else starts holding onto their cards. you got to be ready to start dealing them. So we took that advice, and we actually hired somebody Friday in the midst of our worst cycle. Mm-hmm. We decided to add on employees and try to serve more people. And we're hoping that that sticks. And I 
believe it will, and I think it's going to help us in the end. But uh, we were able to do this because qualified people are being laid off right now. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of these Von Bear entrepreneurs right now, is you got a lot of people working from home that have been used to working in offices. They're going to need access to a lot of the stuff that Von Bear offers, and they're going to burn through it a lot faster than they normally would because they're at home all the time now instead mm-hmm. of going to the office. So I think it's going to open up the revenue stream, especially for places like Bon Vera's entrepreneurship program to sell to these people who are now working from home all the time. So I would be leaning hard on trying to figure out through your Facebook friends and Instagram friends, I'd be trying to figure out who's staying at home and who's going to start working from home full time now. And, you know, I'd be coming up with some kind of plan for them, uh, how they can provide them with the stuff they need to work from home. Well, yeah, that is brilliant insight and I tell you what I really miss those times where we were on the tour bus together traveling around the country and having those conversations we had so many fun conversations and I still to this day tell friends that probably the best night of sleep I've ever had is on that tour bus in the lower bunk I liked to be the closest to the floor and as the bus was traveling late at night closing the curtain and stoking up the AC getting it super cold and all you heard was like like the hum of the engine and the gentle thump of the, the roadway as it was going underneath you. Oh, man, it was so much fun. Oh, it was, man. And I would be amiss if I did not mention, you know, talking about entrepreneurship and dreams. Mike Williams in Knoxville, Tennessee, was responsible for all those memories we got because he did one event with Kirk and Warren in Knoxville, Tennessee, and they saw the lives that it changed, and Mike had no clue how to do what he did he never was trained he never had any education in it but he knew that it had the potential to change marriages he taught himself through a lot of hard knocks how to manage that tour and for eight years it was one of the most successful longest running tours in the christian industry all based off of a vision that mike williams had and he didn't let the fact that he didn't have training stop him he went out and sought the right people and put them in the right places to make that happen. That literally thousands of marriages were probably saved over eight years. We never will really know, you know, how many, but all because he decided not to just put this off because he didn't have education in it. I think that is the true definition of, you know, entrepreneurship is knowing you can help somebody and you're willing to put in the hours to educate yourself on how to do it. Well, there really isn't a better way for us to sign off on this particular episode of the Leap Podcast than that story, because you're, you're so right. I got to meet you through Mike, right, here in, in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I do love that story, the way you articulated it. He saw an opportunity. He had never been trained. He didn't have any experience, but he was like, this is something I'm going to do. And he's just like you and your businesses and all the various things that you've done in your career where you you were self-taught, he took a risk. And it was one of the things I think that is very important to highlight about the entrepreneurial journey. The entrepreneurial journey is fraught with obstacles, number one. And to be an entrepreneur, I think there's an understanding that you're having to take a leap. You have to take multiple leaps where you're accepting risk. There's no such thing as being on an entrepreneurial journey where there's no risk involved. And the folks who change the world, 
the folks who accomplish incredible things have been willing to accept that risk, step into it, be a lifelong learner, continue to gain knowledge, be like, you know what? It's worth it. The vision, the dream, the goal that I have at the end of this, it's worth me taking this risk because I'm going to achieve X, Y, and Z. And for Mike, and then eventually it was you and Mike and Kirk Cameron and Warren Barfield and everybody was associated with it. The risk was we're passionate about helping couples and marriages and making an impact in people's lives. And I saw it firsthand, hands down, some of the best marriage conferences I've ever been a part of. And you saw lives changed and it was just a joy to be a part of. It was fun, right? Looking back on it, I mean, I I miss it that, you know, the times when I was able to, you know, get out of the office and uh, jump on the tour bus and be on the road with you guys. It really was a, a very magical time. And so I appreciate you guys allowing me to tag along and, and be a part of it. I'm glad you got to, man. It, it built so many relationships for all of us. It's, it's just amazing how many relationships that has paid over the last eight, nine years. Well, Mark, is there anything else that you would like to say to the listener today as we're about ready to sign off? Tell them where they can find you on Facebook and Twitter and give them your website address. And of course, go out and make sure everyone is downloading and following and subscribing to the 1519 podcast. But where can they follow you, Mark? Uh, well, the 1519, will it is the1519.com. We're hoping that it launches on all your podcast hosting services. It should be out before June 15th. And so you can go on that website and subscribe, and it'll send you the reminders. Limebiscuit.com, uh, you can find out everything about our business. And then Mark T. Sullivan. Dot me is my personal page for my speaking engagements and all that kind of good stuff. But I tell everybody, and I truly mean this, that I don't do this for the money. And if you ever find yourself in need and there's some kind of suggestion you need or you need some kind of advice or something like that, reach out to us. We will always do anything we can do to try to help you out. So, you know, if you're struggling with something or you have an idea and you just don't know who to talk to to get it into works, let us know. And we've been blessed with a great network of people and we can probably put you in the right place at the right time. Well, Mark, it's one of the things that I love about you is that you've got a servant heart, not only serving your community as a firefighter, serving business owners all over the country, helping them, but even at the tail end of a podcast like this, you know, reaching out and trying to figure out ways in which you can serve and help others that are listening. The characteristics that I love about you, you're a great guy, having huge impact. I appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule to be on the podcast with us today. And for all of our listeners, this is Bob Dickey, your host of Taking the Leap Podcast, and we will talk with you soon. Thank you for listening to the Taking the Leap Podcast with your host, Bob Dickey. You can keep up with the latest on the podcast at www.takingtheleappodcast.com and bonvera.rocks. You can also find the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time on Taking the Leap.